amen. We're glad to be in the house of God this morning. Uh, we have several that are out today, uh, this week and next week, getting into the vacation time, so we have a lot that are on the road traveling, but I'm so glad that you're here with us today, amen. We've got uh, just a couple of quick announcements that I want to make you aware of. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be hosting a baby shower for a young lady. I'll give you more information uh, later on that, but I just want to remind, uh, just give that to you and uh, make you aware of that. We're going to be hosting our church along with Ann's New Life is going to be hosting a baby shower on July the 17th. That's a Saturday uh, here in our fellowship hall. This young lady, I'll be, I'll, I'll print some information. I'll email you information concerning this, so you'll have a link. Um, this, this young lady come to um, into our uh, come to our attention, and she is uh, was abor abortion minded, uh, was set on doing abortion, uh, and through several weeks uh, has decided that she is going to keep the baby, uh, which is awesome. Uh, she does not really. There's not a lot of uh, support outside of what she's been receiving through uh, Ann's and through another organization in uh, Atlanta. And so what we've done is we're coming together and we're going to give this young lady a baby shower. Uh, she, we've asked her to uh, go on Amazon and do a registry. I'm going to send, I, will, I would like to send you an email. If I don't already have your email address, make sure that the church has your email address. I'm going to send you uh, that link on Amazon. If you don't purchase things on Amazon, but you find something you would like to purchase, uh, see myself or uh, Sister Carrie, and we'll make we'll get that make that happen. If you purchase something, make sure you change the address to your address or to the church. That way we can come. And that I'd love to have some folks here uh, to uh, help this young lady. Uh, in the process that she's going to be going through. And I think this is an awesome, awesome time for the church to show love on her uh, and uh, in this process of her keeping this baby. I think this is awesome. Amen. I want to also continue to be praying for this young lady uh, throughout this entire time. So help me in this. Amen. Also, uh, I've been given uh, Children's Hospital. I've been given a list. There's a floor that what they do is a pulmonary floor, and what they do is they uh, help families that are adopting babies uh, from the floor. Some of these babies actually are adopted straight from the pulmonary floor. They have given us a list of things that they are out of. So we're gonna make sure that you get this list. We would like to be able to bless uh, the ch Children's Hospital, this particular floor. Uh, they have a pantry there that we'd like to be able to bless them with that. Uh, this is the time, Brother Andy, why are you bringing these things? This is what the church is here for, amen? We're here to help and to bless and to help those that is in a time of need, amen? We want to help those that are helping themselves, help those that are moving forward uh, in the process of helping themselves. Uh, not a handout, a hand up, amen? Amen. Let's all stand this morning. I know that we have many needs connected with this body. Uh, if you have a prayer request, let it be known by lifting your hand. God knows each one. Those that are joined us on live feed, I want to thank you so much for being a part of our church family today. If you have a prayer request, be sure to text it or call the number on the bottom of your screen. You can also visit our website that's listed below, and we will be continuing to be praying with you and for you over this need. Amen. We're also going to be praying over our tithes and our offerings. Those that give us online, those that are in-house, you're welcome to give. Give in the basket as you're exiting the sanctuary on your left-hand side, and God will bless you. Brother Andy, do we not receive more tithes and offerings when we was passing the plate? I don't really know. All I know is this. God has blessed Coosa Valley. God has blessed us financially. God has blessed us with people, with growth, and God has continued to bless our church. I'm going to continue to give God praise for that. Amen? Amen. Would you give God a hand clap of praise? Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to minister today. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, I want to thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this opportunity that you've allowed us to join together with brothers and sisters of like faith and to worship and praise you. Father, I pray today that you will just touch and minister to each one of these prayer requests. 
God, I pray that you'll touch in our tithes and our offerings. Let it go forth for the building and the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you'll touch this morning in our praise and worship. Praise, God, I pray that you'll touch as the sermon is brought forth. I pray that you'll move in a mighty way. God, you see each and every ministry, each and every ministry that's connected with this church. I pray that you'll continue to pour out your anointing and blessing upon the people that's connected, the ministries that's connected, the missions that reaches out from this body of believers. And God, I thank you for what you've done, and I thank you for what you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's children said, Amen. And amen. Would you give God a great hand clap of praise? And let's worship today. Amen. Let's worship this morning. Oh, 
Sometimes we think that, oh, I know such and such person's name, and so that's going to get me somewhere. If I, if I mention this person's name, that's going to get me somewhere. That's going to make things happen, and that's going to open doors. There's no greater name than the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's no greater name than His name. Amen. Would you give God another hand clap of praise this morning? Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much for being here with us this morning. Uh, this morning, I want to make mention uh, real quickly before we go into this morning's sermon. Uh, remember, uh, July the 11th, July the 11th, that is the second Sunday in July, we're going to be doing uh, Baptism and Membership Sunday. If you're wanting to be, if you're wanting to join the church, make sure you see me so that we can get information for you. Also, if you are wanting to be baptized or rebaptized, uh, then make sure you see us as well so that we can get everything lined up for that Sunday. Looking forward to a great, great Sunday. I've already had some to ask. Oh, we're not going to be here that Sunday. I'll do it next Sunday. I don't, it don't bother me, Brother Kevin. We'll, we'll, leave the, we'll leave the pool full of water, won't we? Uh, so we, it'll be fine. We'll, join, we'll have membership. We can have baptism as many times as we want to. That's no certain thing. We do it when, whenever, uh, whenever someone approaches or whenever it's lined up, and we'll be glad to do that. So make sure you see us so that we can get those taken care of. Amen. I'm so glad to be in the house of God today with you, and God has done great things around Coosa Valley. Amen. Over the last couple of week, weeks, Wednesday night, Sunday mornings alike, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit of God. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit of God since Pentecost Sunday. We've had a great, I believe, we've had a great several weeks talking about Him and talking and, and going through details as far as receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God and what God does for us in our lives through the Holy Spirit. Many times, Pentecostals, uh, sometimes we get, a bad, we get a bad rap about the Holy Spirit of God. 
Many times people think, oh, that, that's just those holy rollers over there. Or that's just those that swing from the chandelier. Please don't swing from the chandelier. They might, they might fall. I don't want you hurting your back. Because it might not be from God. <laughs> and a lot of times what people will do is they, 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 they take Pentecostalism and they apply their own thought process to it. They apply what they believe, what they have heard, what they think they've seen. We talked about on Wednesday night how that there's a lot of times, especially in the church world, you're going you're gonna to agree 100% with me, especially in the church world, there are scam artists. Hello? I'm going to tell you something. I believe 100% that the Holy Spirit of God can heal somebody's body. I, can, I believe that the Holy Spirit of God can heal somebody quickly, instantaneously, or over an expanded amount of time. I believe that God works through doctors. I believe that He works through medication. I believe also that He works instantaneously. There are people that's going to tell me everything I just said. They're going to take parts of it and say, that part's wrong, that part's wrong, that part's wrong. Show me in the Bible that it's wrong. Show me that God cannot raise the dead. Show me that God cannot cause the lame to walk. Show me that He does it instantaneously and not over time, or that He can only do it over time and not instantaneously. There are people sitting here and on the online feed that can attest that God has worked in their lives. When I was standing in the doctor, I was standing in their room when the doctor said, this patient is going to not make it. I've been in the room standing next to a spouse whenever the doctor would tell their husband or their wife that is standing there. They would tell them that their spouse is laying in that bed. It's only a matter of time before they're going to die. I've been in the room and then guess what? Several weeks, several months later, they're moved from ICU to step down Step down to regular room, regular room to rehab, to sitting here this morning. I know that God can work. I have prayed for a, a lady one time. We did not know. She never told us she had stomach cancer. We prayed for her on the way home. It can't, she, not trying to be gross, but she threw it up on the way home. Told her husband, you better pull over. She threw it up. Monday morning, she called the doctor and she said, You got to test me one more time. Told her, said, Ma'am, we've tested you four times. I don't care. You're going to test me again. Insurance ain't going to pay for it. She said, I'll pay for it. The doctor said, If it comes back different, I'll pay for it. Doctor ate his words and the cost. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know that God is real. I know that God will do it. Well, what's the difference? Why, does it, why do we not see that much anymore like we used to? Well, we said it last Sunday. God hadn't changed. Do we all believe that? Then something else has changed. We've changed. We approach God differently. Well, how do we approach God differently? We said it during Sunday school. Too many times in the church world... People wants to compromise God. They want to compromise the Word of God. Oh, I like this verse, but I don't like that one. We got to mark that one out. Well, the problem is the verse we like is God is going to press down, shaken together, and run it over. God's going to give back into our lives. We don't like the first part of the verse. We don't like the part of the verse that says, ask. We like to receive. We don't like to seek. We want to find. We don't like to knock. We want God to just open the doors. We want God to work, but we don't want to do anything in return. The society we live in think that we, that the society has created the woke culture and has created that, it's been named in the culture, in, the, in our society, that millennial mentality, well, it started in the church, and that's, that's a bad thing. 
That ain't a good thing. It started in the church world and what we as the church, what we've got to do is we've got to get back a hold of God and get those things out. We've got to quit watering down Scripture and we've got to start getting a hold of the, what the Word says. My daughter does not like a whole lot of ice in her sweet tea. <laughs> I think it's because, or I'm, I was thinking, you know, it's because that she just likes sweet tea. Well, I asked her, one, why do you not like a lot of ice in your sweet tea? She says, because it waters it down. I'm sitting here thinking, it's made of water. But what she's talking about is it waters down the flavor. It waters down the taste. It waters, yeah, it waters down the sugar. Can I get an amen? Oh, come on, somebody else say amen. <laughs> it waters down those things we like. Hello? And I know four people in here saying, and when Sister Carrie makes sweet tea, <laughs> you ain't got to do eyes. <laughs> Katie will take, y'all, I'm going somewhere, I promise you. Katie will take, Sister Carrie will make a brand new pitcher of sweet tea. And Katie, our daughter, she'll take and she'll fix a cup of, of sweet tea and it'll be pouring it out and it's still hot. Y'all know what I'm, everybody know what I'm talking about? And she'll stick it in the freezer. Because she likes a, a sweet tea slushy. She loves it. Why? Because it's cold, because you like it cold. But it also has all the good stuff, the sugar, that she really likes out of it. Well, church, what we've got to do is we've got to quit watering down the Scripture. And there's a lot of good things in the Word of God. But when we water down the Scripture... We, and when, we, or when people water down the Word of God and they think they're taking the things we don't like out of it, they're also actually watering down the good things too. Hello? When we water down Scripture and we don't know that we've got to change our lives in order for God... Brother Andy, you ain't give Scripture yet. I'm getting there. If we water down Scripture and we don't realize we got to change our lives in order for God to bless us. We just want the blessings. We don't want to change life. But when we water it down, trying to get rid of the life change, we also are watering down and getting rid of the blessings as well. I want all that God has for us. I want all that God has got for us. I want the changes in my life. Why? Because I know that whenever God changes my life, I'm going to get more blessings. Well, that's a, way, that's a bad way to look at it. No. I've already told you, I'm stingy when it comes to the blessings of God. If you don't want the blessings of God, that's okay. Send them my way. I'll take it all. I don't ever understand these folks that they only want to come to the house of God just to see somebody. They only want to come to the house of God to exchange banana pudding recipes. They only want to come to the house of God thinking it's a social engagement. They only want to come to the house of God so they can set, take and tell somebody, oh, I go to church. You can tell somebody all day long that you've gone to a restaurant. But the question is, did you pull up to the table and did you dine at the restaurant? I don't go to a restaurant just to be seen. I'm just going to tell you right now. I don't go to the restaurant just to walk around and see who all's there and then walk out the front door. David, when I walk in the restaurant, I want to go and I want to I, mm -hmm, I exercise my elbow. My doctors is telling me all the time, you better watch what you eat. I'm going to guarantee you, I'm going I'm to follow every doctor's order they give me on that one. But when we come to the house of God, I don't want to come here just to be seen. I don't want to come here just to see somebody. I want to pull up to the master's table and I want to dine and I want to be fed and I want the nourishment that comes from God. That's why I've come here. Amen?
So the last few weeks we've been talking about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God. A title, if you want to call all of this, is a series, because we're going to keep building on this, is Pentecost Sunday happened. Now what do we do? Now what takes place? And we see throughout the Word of God, we see that the New Testament church had to be, had to be trained and had to be taught, had to be advised, had to be directed as to the next steps. Oh, Brother Andy, you don't... Whoa, whoa, wait a minute now. Hold up. I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God. Well, glory to God, I, I, can, I can shake my hand and I got a goose bump. I don't need you telling me what I need to do next. Ooh. I hope that that is not your mentality. Because we all need to be taught. Brother Andy, I don't need to be taught anything. The Bible says study to show. Hello? I've got to study. I've got to dig in the Word of God. I've got to be taught. If we want disciples to grow, we want disciples to nourish, we want disciples to mature. And let me tell you something, and I'm going I'm to say this and... I know somebody's going to get mad. Brother Michael, watch for songbooks being thrown. Somebody's not going to like this. Biological age does not matter on you being taught. Young and old biological age does not matter on being taught. We all need to be taught. Amen? You have not been a Christian long enough to not be taught. I don't care if you've been a Christian for five minutes or 500 years. You need to be taught from the Word of God. And I'm going to go ahead and squish this other, this other myth as we're digging into this. I've been told, Brother Andy, you're too young. You joke too much. You laugh too much. You talk too much about food. That's heretic right there talking. And you're too bald-headed to teach me anything. I've had people to bring all sorts out. This is my response. I'm not too young or too old to learn nor to teach. I'm not too bald. I got a little bit. Me talking about food brings it down to everybody's level because we all know food, amen? And as far as laughter and, 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 every, and joking, I got to make sure everybody's still awake. I'm kidding. If you don't believe that God created humor... Example number one. Take a look in the Word of God. Take a look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 starting in verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost arrived. Nowhere in Scripture does it say it left. Pentecost has arrived... Nowhere in the Word of God does it tell me that Pentecost left. Jesus rode into the city on a donkey. He left on a cross. Hello? Everybody with me? Where did He go from the cross? He went to a borrowed tomb. Then He ascended to the Father. And the day of Pentecost came, and it's never left. Go on. They were all gathered together, backbiting, arguing, getting mad at one another. 
saying that so-and-so is, is doing so-and-so. and Nope. They was all together in one place. One translation says, they was in one mind and one accord in one place. Church, ain't nothing going to happen with God if we're trying to backbite. Amen? Brother Andy, is anybody in the church doing that? Nope. And we're going to stop it before it starts. Brother Andy, why do you say it like that? Guess what? There's a lot of personalities. So it's bound to have disagreements. And that's okay. Hello? But at the end of the day, we've got to be all together in one place. Hello? Now I want us to go, go down and look at verse 37. Verse 37 through 41, look at what it says. Now when they heard the sermon that Peter preached, they heard the word of God as it has gone forth. They were cut to the heart. Would you like a translation for that? They had offense. No. They was offended. No. They was angry. No. They were cut at the heart, meaning conviction came in that day. Let me tell you something, church. Something is said, oh, Brother Andy, you offended me. I am so sick of those words. I am so sick of the church world. I'm so thankful that Coosa Valley, nobody at Coosa Valley has ever come to me and said that anything that's been brought, taught, anything that has been preached in Scripture, from the Scripture, I'm, I'm so glad nobody's ever said that offended me. Thank you. Nobody, don't you want to ever start it either. <laughs> they was cut to the heart, Brother Kevin, that means... That they was convicted about things going on in their lives. And look at what they said. What do we need to do? What do we need to do? Verse 38, it says this. And Peter said to them, You need to bounce on one leg, pat your head, wiggle your nose. Nope. Too many times we make this complicated. Simple. Peter said, repent. Plain and simple. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39. For the promise is to you, your children, and all who are afar off. Three weeks ago, we had teenagers that went to youth camp. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This does not, before I go any further on that, I won't give, give you a word of advice. When somebody gets baptized with the Holy Spirit of God, that don't make them better than somebody else. Did anybody, anybody hear what I just said? I'm the pastor of this church, and that does not make me better than anybody else. Did anybody hear me? Being baptized in the Holy Spirit of God does not make anybody holier than somebody else. Being the pastor of this church does not make me holier than anybody else. It just means that we as a church family are getting a hold of God. 
Why, does it, why do you say it's me, we as a church family? Because the promise of God was for us, our children, and everyone who is afar off, everyone whom the Lord our God shall call. So when our teenagers went to youth camp a couple of weeks ago, and Miss Katie and Devin come home, and they tell us that they've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God, Guess what? Not only do they get to rejoice, not only do they get to be happy, but this church body gets to be happy. This church body gets to rejoice. And I've been telling y'all that somebody else received the Holy Spirit, but I ain't told you who. Because they hadn't been here. They've been at work. I have tormented this church. They're here, I'm going to. So that Sunday morning, we tell you that those two came back with the Holy Spirit of God. We had an awesome service that day, did we not? I had people to text me and call me that next week because I had, we had, our, we had teenagers in this altar laying hands on people, praying with people. Brother Andy, you're the only one that can do that. Hello? I have got altar workers that are working in this altar helping. There's only one of me last time I checked. They're helping me to pray with people. That don't mean I'm not going to come over and pray with you too. Because I'm I'm I want to be right in the middle of it. But I had people to text me and call me and they said, that Sunday, it felt like I was at home in my living room, but I forgot I was in my living room. It felt like the the Holy Spirit of God that was there moving was in my living room too. I told them, well, sure he was. He's not restricted. Come on, church. Why? I'm getting there, I promise. (laughs) Why? Because the promise is for everyone whom God calls. So that Monday morning, I got a text. I ain't really been getting up. I I really, y'all, it's Monday, okay? Sunday feels like 20 hours of work day, okay? So that Monday morning, I'm moving a little slow. Brother Kevin, my text went off. And I seen that somebody had texted me. And I go and I pick up my phone, and this person says, I got to tell you something. Don't you just love that? That's all they said. I'm like, I know they're typing, but I'm like, I'm waiting. I was excited too. I didn't know what I was fixing to hear, but I was excited. And then she texted back and said, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember the text all exactly, but Brother Andy, I was sitting here in this morning and I I did my devotion and I was praying, getting my day started, and guess what? I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God right here in my bedroom. Y'all ready? Stephanie got the Holy Spirit of God that Monday morning. After, after, I'm going to tell you something. Give God a hand clap. God is moving. I've tortured this church. Your husband has grinned ear for ear like a possum had gotten a hold of something every service. Because he knew what was being said and I was just sitting here and he was like, aha, I got you. He was thinking in his mind, I know and nobody else does. But church, this is something for us all to be excited about. I'm going to go on with something. Because what we need to understand is the promises that God has given to us is not just for us to just, it's me, myself, and I. No. Go to, go to my first note. It says the experience is for all believers. 
church, this is for everyone. The Holy Spirit of God does, you know, there's certain things that you got to have certain criteria in order to, in order to do certain things. Unfortunately, I'm just, I'm going to be honest with you with this one. Y'all, some of you can get mad at me if you want to. That's fine. Unfortunately, there are some governmental programs that I do not qualify for. That somebody else would qualify for. Why? Because they've got different criteria than I've got. Whether it's age or it's gender or it's where they was born. I don't like that. Brother Eddie, that, that's to help. That's to, that's to do. I don't like it. I'm glad that the Holy Spirit of God does not discriminate. Hello? Is anybody with me? Everybody hearing me? Holy Spirit of God does not discriminate. You can take a look at the Word of God and you can find in Numbers 11 and 29, Joel 2 and 28 and 29, Acts chapter 2 and 39, Ephesians chapter 2, you can find that the Word of God tells us the Holy Spirit of God is for everyone. He does not discriminate. But let's go on. Because we also need to understand that the Spirit baptism is a gift. Spirit baptism is a gift. If I gave you a gift, would you throw it in a corner? Some of you probably would. <laughs> Depending on what it was. You'd throw it in a corner somewhere and hide it so nobody can see it. No. If I went and I got your gift, you're going to do Whatever needs to be done with that gift. If I gave you the gift of a car, you're going to drive it. If I paid your power bill, you're not going to turn the breaker off. You're going to use it. Hello? Come on. Well, God's given us a gift. It's high time we utilize the gift as God's given to us. A gift, by definition, is not given by merit. We do not become worthy of receiving or whatever we receive from God is not done based off of us, but it is based off of the grace of God, not by anything we would do. If I could baptize you on the basis of merit, boy, what a troublesome and questionable conflict would arise. What constitutes worthiness? I had somebody in the parking lot the other day to tell me that they're applying for a grant. And they're able to apply for the grant based off of a characteristic that I can't apply for the same grant. Well, guess what? God don't work that way. God says, come as you are. I will take you, I'll cleanse you, I will wash everything out from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, and I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit to work in your life. At the same time, we, have, we don't need to have a sense of unworthiness that can bar us from being filled with the Spirit. If we must speak of a human requirement, then we must have a requirement. That requirement is faith. I have prayed for many of folks in an altar just like this. I have prayed for many, many different people in an altar, whether here, another church, or in the parking lot. I've got the faith that you can receive a healing. I've got the faith that God can work whatever needs in your life. But the question is, not my faith, but do you have the faith that you can receive from God? Do you got the faith that God can do that work in your life? Do you believe that God can work? Oh, but I'm, I'm so unworthy. Guess what? We all unworthy. But go back to that, go, go back up one note. 
We might all be unworthy, but the experience of the Holy Spirit of God is for all believers. God don't leave anybody out. Go ahead. The spirit of baptism is a gift freely given. All we've got to do is have a requirement of faith. When we got saved, we had the faith. We had a small amount of faith. Faith gets built. How do we build our faith? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing. Sports Illustrated magazine. No. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the news broadcast. That'll, that'll get you down and out all real quick, won't it? Called somebody the other day and I said, you up reading the newspaper yet? His response was, yep, just got through. I said, there wasn't nothing good in there, was it? Nope. That'll get you depressed more than anything in the world. But faith, how do we build our faith? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Well, how do I hear the word of God? I sure do wish God would speak to me. I sure do wish God would talk to me. I sure do wish God would communicate with me. I sure do wish. You know what I wish? I wish that somewhere, some way, somehow, that God would have penned words. I sure do wish that God would have wrote things down. I wish that God would have given us something that would give us faith. I wish that God would have talked about a man laying down in a lion's den and taking a good night's rest. Boy, that sure would build my faith, wouldn't it? I wish that somewhere, somehow, that God would have wrote a story about a man that he and his children were saved on a big, big boat. I wish that somewhere that there would have been something written down about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, taking a nap in the middle of a storm. And the disciples running and saying, Do you not care if we die today? And then Jesus getting up out of that nap, saying, Oh ye of little faith. Walking onto the front of that boat, stretching out his hand and saying, Peace, be still. And instantaneously, bam, everything calmed down. I don't know about you, but that'd build my faith if somebody would have wrote. Because if somebody would have wrote those things down, then guess what? God could have talked to us. I'm glad that God wrote those things down. I'm glad that His Word has been breathed by the Holy Spirit of God. Not just for them and the time that it was written, but it was written for you and I. That's how God talks to us. Last thing for this morning. The, the Spirit already indwells. I think that this is, this is probably one of the biggest things. I'm going to be honest with you. I think this is one of the biggest things that Pentecostals have a big problem with. The New Testament imagery for the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God tells us and gives us the impression that the Spirit is at first external, poured out, baptized, falling, coming upon. And we got to think about it in quantitative terms such as filled with. I've loved talking to folks and they'll say, Woo, I got the Holy Spirit this morning. And then next Sunday, Woo, I got, I got, boy, I'm going to tell you, I got right all in it this morning. And then the next Sunday, boy, Holy Spirit came upon me today. 
And then the next Sunday, whoo, it poured out today. I love, I love those conversations. I know what you mean, but we really need to stop and think about what we're saying. The Holy Spirit of God. I can, oh, I ain't going to do this, I promise you. Make sure this lid's on real tight. I can take this bottle of water and I can just do this number. I'm glad I tightened this myself and didn't get some other folks in here to tighten it for me because they wouldn't have done it. And I'd have just took a bath. But the Holy Spirit of God is not like this water and just and it's poured out on me externally. Now I realize on the day of Pentecost in the upper room it says that there was a mighty rushing wind filled the house and sitting on them was cloven tongues as a fire. Those is external imagery that we see. But what we must understand that the Holy Spirit of God indwells the believers. He indwells at the time and starts His work at the time of repentance and our faith in Christ. Because that's not what we've always been taught. We don't believe that. Brother Andy, we're church of God. You better, you're going to get in trouble. That's what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit of God comes at the time of repentance, but He's not to just lay dormant in our lives. The Spirit of God on baptism, not in water. Hello? Some of you have been baptized in water. Some of you are going to be Baptized in water. Some of you are going to be maybe rebaptized in water. That don't do anything. It gets you wet. It don't get me wet. I stand on the backside. I love this baptismal pool. The last one we had. There was a hot water tank, a 40-gallon hot water tank, that that's what we filled it in. But how many of you know that whenever you fill that 100-gallon into a brick container and you've used that 40 it ain't hot no more. It cold. That's why we filled it up three days in advance. It was cold. I've had people to tell me, I, I want to go down to the river one more time like they used to baptize. Come on, we'll go. You're no more baptized. Somebody's going to say I'm a heretic right here, but I'm all, that'll be all right. You're no more baptized in water if we go down to the creek or you baptized right here. You're no more baptized in water if it's cold or if it's like this. Boom. Baptism in water is an external expression. Tell the world, I've turned my heart and my life over to God. But Brother Andy just says something about going down into the river. Well, then let's go to the river. Or let's go right here. But then water is talking about. We're talking about indwelling inside of us. The day of spirit baptism is when we finally have allowed him to come, basically come to life in our lives. We're allowing him to operate. But when we allow him to release and operate. We're allowing Him to fully clean out. Remember I've said sanctification is an ongoing process. Does not stop. People believe it stops. That person that believes that sanctification stops needs to get back to an altar. What we've got to understand is the Spirit is indwelling. But are you willing to let Him work? Are you willing to let Him operate? Are you willing to let Him function in your life? That's the question of the day and of the hour. Would you stand? Church, it's not a matter of 
It's not a matter of goosebumps. Yes, I've got a little bit right up here on the top. It's peach fuzz, somebody's called it. There's a little bit left up there. I went to get my hair cut, and the lady wasn't in this area. The lady that usually had cut my hair several times, she said, I've got a student. Well, let them cut your hair. You know what? I'm going to cut your Pull it out on. I had mine. Miss Katie sitting across the room on a little couch. Then she stopped for a second. I knew she hadn't got right here. Then I heard the trimmer go back on. I felt metal hit my head. This was, I mean, it's just a clear strip right down through the back, right there. My eyes popped open. I didn't have my glasses on, but I could see Sister Carrie's face. I could see Katie. The lady that ran the place, she comes running over. Oh, we got to fix this. Yes, y'all, yes, I did say it. What are you going to do? You can't glue it back. So, of course, they had to do the horseshoe, and it's completely, completely, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I'm telling you, that's a being telling you this is the gospel. And went to get something to eat. Y'all know I went to eat. We go to the barbecue place and we're sitting down. Straight above my head was an air conditioning vent. You can tell me this ain't so, but I'm going to tell you it is. That little bit of peach fuzz kept my head warm. My head froze. It was cold. I didn't get my hair cut. For over a year, I wanted my peach fuzz back. I said that to tell you this. Sometimes that's all people think is the Holy Spirit of God is a little bit of coldness. A little bit of goosebumps. That's not who He is. If that's all you think that you're going to see when you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God, when you, when you allow Him to operate, boy, you got another thing coming. I'm going to quote you what I was told. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God. I think, she, I think she all said, y'all all had it wrong. I think she was that far. I think she really said to me, she's pretty doggone close. I'm going to tell you something, church. In the day and time that we're living, you need more of God than you've ever had before. You need to quit getting a hold of a watered-down scripture, and you need to get a hold of the truth of the Word of God. Live feed, I know I realize I ain't dumb. I know that somebody some has joined on live feed. Did you believe that? Now, I'm glad we've got live feed. Y'all don't misunderstand this. I'm glad we got live feed for those that are home, that are sick, maybe have to work and can watch it later. Whatever the case is, I love our live feed. Loved it through COVID. Staying connected. But there are folks that thinks I can get church by just walking a bunch of church from home. It ain't the same. It's not the same. And if you're sitting at home and you're just getting fed, watered down, you better find somewhere that you're going to get something from God. Live feed, thank you so much for being a part of our services. May the good Lord bless you as our prayer. If you have a prayer request, please text us to the number listed on the screen. You can submit it online. Join us back at 5 o'clock. So to continue our study in the book of Revelation. May the good Lord bless you as our prayer. Amen and amen.